everybody. This is episode 25 of the Real Talk Podcast, presented hey, by Reform Perspective. I always forget to say that, and we are very grateful to Reform Perspective. So nice and formal. I just wanted to get that in there. Oh, hey, that was uh, that was something I never mentioned before. What's that? Um, when Art Witten in our last episode was listing lovely publications. Oh, yeah. Conveniently, we, our lovely sponsor. We failed. <laughs> Reform Perspective. Dereliction of duty. <laughs> It was pretty bad. Yeah. It was pretty bad. So, uh, yeah, we listened back to that. Uh, I felt like cutting all the names out and just putting reform perspective. Reform there. perspective. Over yeah. top, but didn't do that. Anyways, we we're, were, not, we're not that good editors. So. No, no, we're not. But we're quite fa- thankful to Reform Perspective. And uh, here we are, 25 episodes in. So that's Absolutely. pretty cool. And so today we're doing a general feedback episode. It's been a while since we've done one of these. So we're just going to talk about the last couple episodes. Uh, we had Ryan camping on. We talked about all the work he's doing and his mm-hmm. uh, the mission projects they have going on there. And we also had Ryan Manns on, talked about uh, basically a politics update, kind of what ARPA's doing and yep. what his job is as the Ontario uh, manager over there. Mm-hmm. And then the most recent one, obviously, was with uh, Art Witten, Dr. Art Witten on the church yes. order. So the no. church order one actually generated the most kind of feedback and discussion, which, I mean, between politics and, I guess, mission, uh, it still kind of makes some sense, I guess, because apparently people get... Not necessarily, not necessarily riled up, but uh, well, it's hard to disagree with what ARP is doing necessarily. So. Yeah, ARP is just doing a, doing a good job, and um, I mean, yeah, they're doing a great job with uh, yeah the mission work there in Africa as well, or Forum yeah. Study Center. Yeah, so. right, exactly. Yeah, um, maybe we should tell people why we're they're just listening to us today because it's true. Yeah, it's, well, I mean, it is actually time for a feedback episode, anyways. But well, we hadn't we were, planned a feedback episode. You know, so the. Uh, yeah, the, we're disappointed that we're here, just the two of us. The issue du jour, as it were, is obviously COVID, and um, is it ever? Definitely is. And yeah, we're living. I mean, we're in Ontario here. We're still in state of lockdown as we shoot this. It's currently May eleventh, twenty twenty one. For the future, I guess we gotta say that for our foreign listeners. Yeah, I mean, we got a few. <laughs> couple, oh yeah, couple a few of the Aussies yeah. that tune in. Appreciate yeah, them. And uh, some random good. Europeans. Yeah, so, so we are in a state of the severe lockdown. Uh, yeah, it's stay at home order. Uh, yeah, so it's you know obviously we're more than a year into this, so everyone's kind of trying to weigh the pros and the cons, and how does the church respond? And you know, should mm-hmm. the church continue to stay closed and just do online services? Should the church reopen full bore, or should there be some sort of middle ground position? Who is the authority? Is the government overstepping, or mm-hmm. is it still? Yeah, we talked about it a bit with uh, Andre Shooting on our third episode. Episode three, yeah. yeah. But uh, you know that was a pretty. That was like last spring, wasn't it? No, no not no. quite. Last Fall? summer, August. Summer. Yeah, we've only been doing this since July. Oh yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah. But I mean, it that was early. You know, is well, now we're a year and yeah. a bit into it. We're about due for an update, and I and, think uh, uh, we're on a third lockdown or fourth lockdown. What are we on? Third and four. Yeah, now we're coming. Fourth wave. So fourth wave. Time for some clarity, I think, on this issue. Time for some honest discussion. And uh, it's, yeah, we're looking forward to doing that. We were hoping to have uh, Pastor Aaron Rock. He's from Windsor, Ontario, mm-hmm. from a uh, Harvest, Harvest Bible Church. Bible Church Bible there. Harvest, yeah, I think that's He has his own podcast, which, yeah, we, I would encourage you guys to check out. Uh, yeah, maybe before, before we listen to before ours. We, yeah, then you can give us some feedback before we do our episode. Yeah, exactly. It's called Leadership Now, I think, with Dr. Aaron Rock. Yeah, and he's so um, check that out. Yeah, he's. I think he's thought out the issue very uh, thoroughly and very well. And he's taken a pretty strong stance, and their their churches continue to uh, stay open. Although now they had a bit of a run in with the police on Sunday. Yeah, so, we understand. So and that's why we're here together because we yeah we had to postpone the episode a bit. So. Uh, Aaron was supposed to join us tonight for a Zoom 
podcast. Podcast. But well, couldn't happen. I think it was a, some kind of legal summons. So, but yeah, so, definitely check out his podcast because we really we don't want this to be like some sort of one sided conversation on this issue and preaching at you guys. We want to, as we've always said with this podcast, like have a discussion, create real, uh, mm. create a platform for real conversation. Um, I mean, to be honest, both of us are leaning towards the some sort of opening approach, whatever that is exactly is still yet to be determined, but that's kind of the direction where both of our heads are at. So if you're someone who feels differently on COVID and you're thinking more, uh, you know, in the mm. play it safe direction and just keep listening to the government, we do want to hear from you. We want to hear like the, what are your, what are the best arguments for this? And, yeah. uh, you know, obviously as using scripture as your basis, let's, let's have this conversation. I know some people might find it to be overwrought and, but I, it seems to us that people are kind of just, everyone is just sticking with their opinions. And, yeah. it, it, you know, it's not going to go well if we don't continue to continue to at least have the conversation. Yeah, and hopefully think, like, we can move forward on something. I mean, we'll get into this with Aaron. I, just historically, I think this is a, <clears throat> a moment now. Everyone likes to say, I'm actually going to ask Aaron this when we when we do this. So maybe this is a precursor. But how, how uh, do you feel as like a... A historical figure like you everyone everyone kind of wants to have their moment hmm. where where they feel that they're being special right and i i think that's like really alive in the states like you see these protests and things and it's almost like these people want want to be looked back like people to look back on them with favor they desire to be, to be like, martyrs yeah and like, there's a bit of that martyr for the cause so like and, and i and i see it on both ends like okay well let's you know let's lock down let's let's you know listen for as long as it takes we will be the people that beat it and the world will look at our church and say, wow, like you guys, good stay witness. clothed, good witness. Yeah. And the other side is like, I want to be the guy who opened his church and got, you know, going and, you know, and then stood up to when everyone else is open. Yeah. They're going to be like, that guy was first. And it's yeah. like, yeah, okay. We all want to be like in the sun. Like, and, you know, even maybe like it feels like us, us being here, but like, I'm not in any way interested in that. I just want like, we actually got to like figure this thing out because yeah. we're not, we got to come through this thing unified as a church, but also we got to come through this thing. And at some point, you know, we're going to have to have these hard conversations. And so we're not really chasing after, you know, even though we were like, this could be a really well listened to episode. I'm not really interested in that so much as like, just want to get this conversation going, get it out. And we both feel like it's so much the conversation of everybody today as well. Like it's, it's just everywhere. It's, odd for us not to address it so i think we should we should be upfront. we should be open and honest and mm. have the conversation and you know that's not to say it'll be the last COVID conversation i'm sure it won't be like if you if people have different suggestions for different guests to get on um you know uh, uh who who wrote that uh sorry my memory's blanking uh doctor wrote a long piece uh multiple pages Oh, Doctor Van Vliet. There we go. Yeah. But that, yeah, it was uh, that was I think that was pretty early on though. He's wrote, he's wrote a, re- a revised version of it too. Yeah. Um, on Ooh. how to deal with this, and then uh, there's been like there's been a lot of articles. James Fisher wrote a good article on um, yeah, I, I did read, read or Reform Perspective. Yeah, I read that one too. Yeah, uh, Reform Perspective. Reform <laughs> That's right. No. I don't know if it was Reform Perspective. <laughs> I think it was Clarion, but <laughs> shucks, another reputable publication. Yeah. So. Anyways. Um, <laughs> So that's that's kind of where we're at. We don't need to delve through it all today. Yeah, but um, uh, hopefully that's our next episode. So hopefully we get him on next week or week after yep. get that one out because it's really relevant right now. And and he's just going through the stuff in Windsor, um, in his church, which doesn't really seem like a main hub for lockdown. But yeah, um, yeah, he's right in the middle of it. So hopefully and uh, 
hopefully he's got some good things to to say and then also like some he's he's a very level-headed guy so check out his podcast and let us know um your thoughts as radical as they may be or is not radical whatever you love to hear it yeah we want to hear it yeah and actually one other thing how how do we open up if we if we decide there's a middle road we should open our churches what what are some good policies some good things that we can some concrete actual things that we can actually do to you know maybe communicate to the government also um like actual health policies because we you know we're not health officers tell you that yeah if now, we were you would listen to us <laughs> maybe okay so now for the feedback on the church order episode um because we had some good discussion on that as well so uh, i think first of all people just appreciated it just because it's not an oft discussed uh, topic soft yeah, yeah that's not an oft used word <laughs> correct i know I like to <laughs> stretch the old vocabulary from time to time yeah um well, it's an interesting topic that young people like to, you know, are aware of, but older people are, you know, more, more aware of maybe, yeah. <laughs> you know, how it, how it works. And, you know, so yeah, we honestly thought when we started that episode that we, well, we didn't know if we were going to have a ton to talk about that we were going to be like, oh, you know, this might be a little boring yeah. because it's, you know, governance seems like a dry issue. Mm-hmm. But when we got into research and, and all the things that the church order really, like the umbrella that it covers, like, the, you know, it, yeah, it really came to life. One, <laughs> yeah, one, one comment we got from a, a listener was, uh, this is a quote here, he says, <clears throat> my personal experience is that we use the church order to control each other rather than care for each other. So, and of course, we had lots more discussion after this, um, but the, basically that sort of sentiment uh is saying that the church order um, can be overbearing at times and be used in a, a negative way that takes away from the intention of what it was actually designed to do, which is create a careful, uh, to create a structure in which to have a church that can flourish and grow and produce the fruits of the spirit in right. an orderly manner. Yeah, I think but, we mentioned this before somewhere, but that the limitation is freedom, really. Like, Yeah, I mean, right? you, you can't have... Like, you know, anarchy, that's not mm-hmm. freedom. So you need a set of rules. And there's always going to be that tension between, or do we have too many rules yeah. or, you know, um, not enough, I guess. And then, right. so you need to, that tension between like rules and, uh, and the order side of things and also like change and creativity on the other side of the ledger. And mm-hmm. those need to work in tandem. Um, yeah, because you can't have, you can't have too many rules, but you also can't have, you know, no rules. Yeah. And you do need the church order. I think it is a good thing. But, I mean, I guess to the point of the church order, too, like we talked with Dr. Whitten about this, like, it is changeable. Mm. But it is a high standard to change. So it's understandable if you are someone who wants to create change in your church, but you feel like you're being restricted, that you might tend to blame the church order. Yeah. But the church order is very much like allows to be changed. Like it's literally written in the last section of it. Yeah, like the last article is. Yeah. Change. Um, the, if change the interest it. of the churches demand such, they may and ought to be changed, augmented or diminished. However, no consistory classes or regional synods shall be permitted to do so, but shall endeavor diligently to observe the articles of this church order, as long as they have not been changed by a general synod. See so, that? Yeah. That sounds reasonable. So, but also, so we've had this for, I don't know, like we talked about going back into the, the Reformation days, right? Like we're 500 years, maybe not quite, having More. this document. Oh, I, yeah. About. I mean, it's changed, obviously, but 
it doesn't claim to be a perfect document, which I find is is like its biggest strength. It's like we're, you know, this worked for us. Now make it work for you, but make it work. Don't you know? Just dismiss it because there's something here that's worth. Oh, know, yeah, don't we'll, throw the baby out the bathwater. Yeah, exactly. But there are some issues like people take the issues of borders, like. For some some folks, borders are uh, kind of this silly, bureaucratic, no useless thing. Uh, what's that? I don't think there is an issue or a, an article about borders. I don't think it's a tradition. Borders. It's a tradition in our churches. So that's actually not even a church or a thing per se. But it is to the point of, you know, is that just one of these overbearing rules that we have that we don't really need to have? I don't know. Yeah. Like the point of borders is supposed to create uh, a healthy local church that can flourish because it has a diversity of views mm -hmm. from the surrounding area. So it includes everybody in your town, say, or this area, this block of your city. And then you get all different types in a church and that creates a, a flourishing congregation that is fruitful and pleasing to God. Yeah. But I suppose on the other side of the ledger, uh, it can be used to control people like the original comment from the listener as well. So yeah, it's tricky. I'm not sure what the right answer is on that. I wonder if, we put too much emphasis on that that disparity or that you know that you know us versus them kind of attitude that church it's like to church. creative versus not creative or yeah. well because so we were chatting a bit about this and you know just our own views about borders and how we how we view that and our the borders serve a purpose in creating diversity where yep. where we always view them to be or you know we're inclined to view them as restrictive because border is restriction <laughs> yeah right yeah. but borders are freeing in that when you have a border you're you're allowing the people who live in a certain area though they might not be collectively as you know liberal or conservative as another group within borders yeah right you might have a city that's you know more liberal than a country that's less liberal sure. or you have you have a diversity of people there who live there and so when you gather all those people based on literal geography into a church you have a diversity of people not a you know not something that's restrictive you have something that's free so you have a, a collection of ideas from a diverse group that happens to live near each other it's not that you know people you know maybe generally might arrange you know, in the country or the city it, like that, but you will always have liberal minded people and conservative minded people in those areas. Sure. And that really brings out something in a church that helps it, helps it to grow, helps it to be creative. Then you have, you know, certain number of people pushing for um, good change. And then you have a certain number of people really hanging on to the traditions and, and, and then pushing, you, and and pushing you can, back against the bad change. And yeah. And then we use this, church order as a as a tool to help us help guide us through those discussions together it's if it's all done in love then it's like i mean i mean you can make it sound really rosy when you put it in these terms but it does help you help guide people through this, the discussion yeah and so and and the fact that it's open to being changed is evident evidence that you know that cooperation should be there with everybody yeah right? it, it seems to me it might not be a structural problem per se with the church order um, because really, okay, if you think about it, a general synod can change something. Okay, well, that's a mm -hmm. three-year, you have a three-year wait to change something. But, okay, if you're going to change something of the magnitude that it affects the church order, 
it's probably something that should be considered for at least a three-year mm-hmm. period. Well, 100%. So it seems, like, it's it seems, not just going to affect you. Right. Like, right. Exactly. This is going to affect hundreds, you know, thousands of people across the country. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, in a way, like, it does hold weight to change this document. So, and if you read what's in there, it's not little things like even borders isn't in there. But the, the problem I, I could see for people who would want change sooner is, and they might attribute this to the church order, where is it? I, that might be an improper attribution. I think it's actually more of a culture of those who mm. uh, in our churches, yeah. which is, okay, uh, if there's any sort of risk or any sort of newness or change to it, like bat it down, bat it down. Like, no, 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 like stasis. Like we need to maintain what we have, maintain what we have, maintain what we have. Right. Which, you know, to a certain degree is a valuable thing. And that's why we've been able to maintain the faithful traditions and structures that we have today. That's why our churches, you know, while not like growing by leaps and leaps and bounds, are at least doing okay. Mm-hmm. I would say treading water at yeah. minimum, and, and certainly some are growing a lot of different areas. Yeah, I think there's a lot. Of, like there there's is a lot of positive growing. signs. Yeah. So, but mm, yeah, okay. but it's so maybe it's more of again we always come back to this point, but just the open conversation and dialogue between people of different perspectives within the reform circles to mm. say, okay, uh, you know, we're not trying to burn this whole thing down, and we're not all against the church order. And we're not saying throw it all out or saying specifically and say in this instance on this article we would like to change this right and this isn't again like you know repudiating like the entire system yeah just this issue and if if the people who are more if the conservative types that are more guarding the traditions can engage in honest dialogue with the more liberal types and say Mm -hmm. okay like we take out your word this isn't some big you know, once you do this, not everything is a slippery slope. Right. Some things are, but yeah. not everything. But that's, I mean, but, that is, but we have those conversations. We're having that about like uh, um, the psalm book. Like, I mean, we've talked about the psalm book. Yeah, songs are times. kind of an issue there. Um, <clears throat> right. So like, and, yeah. and so maybe, maybe the point is to be, this, this, the church order is too restrictive about the number of psalms we can sing. Well, there's conversation back and forth on on why that is. I think we talked about And there is change there, ongoing in that regard. But there's change ongoing. Like, it yeah. is a discussion. And so, and I think that could be the right way to do it. Like, if you think of three year, three year cycle to add psalms to a psalm book, like, I don't know, that's not that long to me. Like, now I'm again, young and that's not that long. <laughs> right? Yeah, fair enough. Like, but, you think of how many changes there have been in, in it, like some of the elder people in our church, how many changes they've had to their psalm book. Yeah. I already have three copies. That are yeah. different. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not making a point to how easy they are to learn or whatever, but like there has been change in that, in that regard. So I think it is the flexibility is there. And, and as long as there's the, um, as long as there's a drive to do that from, you know, yep. people in the, like it's being accepted at general sin. It's not like it's, yep. it's not like, um, to that point, like the original point, it, it can be used to control, but I don't think that, in general, it is like, I think at general synod, there's honest conversation about like, okay, well, is this really a, because the, also those issues get elevated through the, you know, classes, regional synod, and then get there. Like there's mm-hmm. clearly some, some thought, some thought being yeah. had before it gets there. And so then those brothers give it thought. And so I think that's really well done. Um, I yeah. mean, yeah, I mean, I'd we could probably come up with other examples too, right? But yeah, like we were talking about as stations as well. Like that came up in some of the feedback too. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, uh, yeah, as stations is an issue. Like we, it's kind of a dumb we've scenario. Been about this whole we were chatting about this prior so. to going on air, but like, it's it's a stupid scenario in my opinion. My opinion that you your opinion. My yes. opinion. <laughs> if you're in a canonical church, you can't get an as station and go to a free reform church. But yeah. So we were for, for me, for example, like in my life, 
So I moved from Ancaster to St. Catharines recently. So now I'm a URC member now. And oh, yeah. Big change. Yeah. Lucas is no longer Big change. a yeah, now it's Now it's a 50-50 podcast. So URC folks, you have a representative here. But so, yeah, um, Who's been in your church for a week and a half? <laughs> yeah. Point being, you can go your from virtual Canterbury, church Canterbury to URC. But you can't, and then go from URC to FRC with no issues. Right. But you can't go from Canterbury to FRC. That's, yeah, so that's and, dumb. And I think my rebuttal is that you don't necessarily know everything that's behind that discussion and, and what discussions have been had. And it's easy to make a nice judgment like, wow, that doesn't seem right. Like, because it doesn't. It's, that seems like an anomaly. Well, maybe the relationship of the CanRC and the FRC is not a good one. Like, I think it is a good one. Yeah, but who knows? Uh, I mean, I, I know because I've yeah, talked but, to FRC people. Yeah, but you, yeah, with good the, relationships. The people so. and uh, like that's so, we've had that conversation too. Like, in a lot of homes, we treat the Canadian Reformed Church and the UR, URC Church the same way. And so, like, if you were to marry someone in the URC Church, you yeah. just you just go whatever's closer, and that just seems to be the thing. Well, like that's if that's not the case with other churches. Like maybe there's a reason for that. Yeah, maybe. And and is that really right? Like is the like from a federation perspective, we should be able to get to a point if we treat each other as if we're like we're we're obviously just brothers and sisters in Christ. If we treat each other the exact same way, why doesn't our church treat each other the exact same way? Yeah. So now like these are things we gotta get over. But you know, if there is resistance from one side of that conversation at a you know, at a synod level then there may be reason for that. So, and then I think you got to spend some time and actually look into why that is. Yeah, fair enough. Right. So then to say, well, I should just be able to do it. It's like, yeah, well, or not. Because yeah. maybe, maybe there's something there. Like, I don't know. I don't even know what it would be. Yeah. Um, and, you know, honestly, I couldn't quite tell you the difference, but um, I would suspect that it's not just the Psalms we sing. Yeah. Right. It would be something. Yeah. And so, and I think that that that's kind of like the what the church order does, right? It it helps to like me, like I'm a new office bearer, and it guides. It helps to guide me because I don't know all that, right? Right. Like, mm-hmm. So for me to say, oh yeah, you should just go and do whatever. You should go to that church. It's like, well, I go back to the church order and say, oh, okay, this is how we should actually do with that because I kind of need that. I don't, you know, I don't know. Right. So, yeah, no, yeah, there's, there's a lot of wisdom, a lot of, uh, and it gets that, like it's, it's a, there. a continuity between generations and, and true. Yeah. And, and there's a, it's a slow, it's a slow moving thing. So like, it's not like, yeah, if you yeah. were to just throw this thing out, then who knows what, you know, my kids, when they become a leader in their church, what that looks like. Yeah, right. And it's correct. Like totally it's, a, it's a fair enough, fair enough point to be worried so, about, uh, too much change too quickly. So, but the attestation is, issue is, is, uh, a little that more seems like one that a little more broad than that. But oh, yeah, what what was the other point you're talking about? You well, said uh, another one, like first that got brought up too in some of the feedback was uh, Proverbs fourteen four, where it says, "Where there are no oxen, the manger is clean, but abundant crops come by the strength of the ox," which is kind of to the point the the listener is making. Like we need a commentary on that. We need a commentary. <laughs> on that. Yeah, fair enough. But like the church is is supposed to always be reforming. In the spirit of reformation, like the church doesn't stay the same. Yeah, which is a say core tenant or something of you know yeah, Protestant reformation. Church, yeah. You need to you constantly be you know always reforming the church and, and reforming constantly. Mm-hmm. So the church order has that spirit built into it with Article seventy six at the end there. Yeah. 
So, like, I think people just maybe have to take another look at it and rediscover it from both sides. If you want change or you don't want change, like, take a look. If you're someone who isn't uh, big on change, be look at like, okay, well, there is a there there is a venue for change here, and you know, not everything in the church order is, you know, the the word of God. Yeah, no, I yeah, no, I get that point because you can't from from a you know, I don't want to change viewpoint. It's you can't use that church order as a a weapon to be like, you know yeah. what, this is how I'm going to make you sure there's the not going to be change. Slow things down. Oh yeah. Right. It's like, yeah. it's like the filibuster. Like we're just going to filibuster this thing. We're going to yeah. send this to the next in it. Well, yeah. and that's, but then you get back to the point art made. He said, it, that's not in this, in a, in a spirit of love and, and, and good unity yeah. of the church. Right. Yeah. Like you're not, you don't care about that issue then. Like, yeah, then, like, Maybe you shouldn't be on scene. <laughs> yeah, oh, I mean, I don't. I don't think that. Then you're not dealing with your that. fellow, you know, Christians and, and broadly, broadly yeah, and they, like that's personally. Like, I don't think that synod's been doing that, but that could also be like maybe the church is moving at my pace and not at everyone else's pace. Fair, yeah. So fair enough. I don't know. Yep. Um, but I mean, the point about good order, like where the, the church order draws that from, too, which is one Corinthians fourteen, um, I think is is still solid, and you want. You want a structure, you want a, a church order that provides a structure where Christians can flourish inside and produce that, the godly fruit that we're called to produce mm. within a framework that allows us to do so in an orderly and, and godlike manner. And, yeah, that's a, yeah, that I was do an interesting think point. On the whole, was, the church order provides that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was an interesting point that there was like a, maybe a disparity in that text between uh, good order in the church, as in good uh, liturgy, understandable worship, understandable songs. Yeah, uh, singing in an orderly way, or or now, or, or or having orderly worship, um, and then also like, it, does that extend into the governance? Like, uh, do things in good order. It doesn't actually say good, which good actually might be the key word there, because oh, good okay. for one person might be different than for the other person, right? So the verse forty says, "But all things should be done decently and in order." So, hmm. just keep it in order. Keep it orderly. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So I mean, there there may be a, a bit of a. a an argument to be made that that doesn't extend out into the governance of the church, but I, I, mean, I do talking, think that principle talk, is yeah the, the principle, the principle holds, holds, it's, yeah. it's talking about worship, uh, you know, it's talking about liturgy, it's talking about how to run your service, right? And that's just you know a uh, at the like a tighter resolution of how to run your church and how yeah, to run your city, so. how to run your class, run your federation, because your, your federation, federation really is. Yeah, I mean that that yeah, it gets into a bit of an argument like. As a of church, we're often accused of being very, like, what do you call it? Like, Legalistic? No, well, no, I'm thinking more like... Hyper-regulatory? Yeah, sure. Like, well, like, every church looks exactly the same. Yeah. Right? So if you go fly from here to Langley, looks yeah. like, I don't know if it does, but that's the, the charge anyway. So they tell us. Right. And I know, like, a lot of churches around here, like, you go there, literally, it's the exact same. Yeah, you yeah. walk into church, like, yeah. you can expect almost the exact same amount of talking in church beforehand. Right? Yeah, it's yeah. like... We have this much reverence before church, yeah. <laughs> you know, this much, you know, whatever. Um, and then the same with like dressing and all that. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, like, I don't know that that's such a, such a thing that we shouldn't be like, I don't know if that's a bad thing. And I also don't know if that'll stay over time. Cause it just, I think it came more from a shared Dutch culture than anything. Oh, that and could, that yeah, might, that could be I think that'll change over time as yeah, places localize more and more. So. That's honestly a good point. Anyways, Anyways, we keep rolling through jabbering that. on. I, I got one more thing that okay. um, got emailed in. Just a clarification. So we talked when we talked to Art, um, Doctor Witten, about um, when you send a uh, request to General Synod. General Synod makes a decision 
on that or even like as it's getting to that point um if you believe it's be scriptural um i think we said you should still acquiesce to their decision but i i think there may have been a little bit of a um maybe we didn't catch that or something but like i think if if a consistory is convicted that they have a biblical view and can make that case like i don't know that you should be telling people that they shouldn't do what they think is scriptural. Like, or then we're into binding the conscience of someone oh, yeah, else, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I know that's a tricky one, and I so maybe I, I might disagree with the church order on that one. So, time for a proposal, perhaps. Well, I don't know if it was in there. I just think that was like oh, that was Art's comment, but maybe what we said in, in good order. Like, you should just, you know, you should well, just listen until you that can is be in the church order. Like, you have to uh, abide by the decision until <clears throat> it's changed by a higher body. Yeah, but I I don't know that it said directly. It says directly. Um, I think it says, unless this, unless it is against God's word. Yep. So I, I'd have to dig into that and find that passage. But, um, but yeah, it's just some clarification. So I, I mean, that's definitely something that I would, I would struggle with if it wasn't a scriptural thing. Like, you know, how many psalms do you want to sing? Or songs? I should hymns. <laughs> There's only so many psalms to sing. Yep. Unless you want to sing less. Um, if you wanted to sing so many more hymns and then you just went and did that, yep. I think that's, you know what, that's not quite in, in good order. Like, and I think there's, you know, we've been doing the pre-service psalm thing to get away from it. But the, uh, but yeah, the, to that point, it's like, you know, you can, you could, you can acquiesce for a time. Yep. You don't need to, you don't need to, you know, rise up. But if it's not, if it's a scriptural uh, problem, then, then it, yeah, say so yeah. Yep. I mean, we didn't even get into like the calling to office and article three and all that stuff, but perhaps that's another time. Cause we didn't, that's a whole other kettle of fish really, but that is interesting to us. So anyways, we should probably wrap her up here. Um, so yeah, thanks again, folks for listening. Everybody, uh, stuck with us yet. Yeah, um, is that all we got? I think it's, that's probably all we got for the folks today. Um, cause we value their time and don't want to waste it. So fair enough. We will be Thanks back for your attention. with a new episode, two weeks. Yep. And hopefully uh, it'll be a COVID one. If not, get us, uh, get us your opinions. Honestly, if you send us pages and pages, we'll read them because we're, we're interested. <laughs> yep. It's important. Okay, not pages and pages. Just but yeah, be, yeah. Concise is <laughs> preferred. Well, yeah, I think, uh, that'll be good. Hopefully we get some varying opinions in so that we can challenge, um, uh, Dr. Aaron Rock, but also, you know, have a good conversation. Yep. So, speaking of concise, let's wrap cool. her up. Until next, next time, time, folks. Keep having real conversations. Bye. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Real Talk. You can send us your feedback by emailing us at reformedrealtalk at gmail.com. You can find us on social media by looking for the handle Reformed Real Talk. You can find us online by going to realtalkpodcast.ca. We look forward to your feedback as that's what helps us grow and improve as podcasters. Real Talk is produced by myself, Lucas Holtfluer, Tyler Vanderwood, and Tim Van Woodenberg. The theme music was created by Calvin Hutton. The table and cabinet behind me were made by Ethan Vanderwood of Eureka Woods. And finally, this sign in the studio was made by Zebra Signs. That's it for now, folks. Catch you next time. Bye-bye.